So, so here we are. Uh, we're at the end of our six-week series on the art of neighboring. Uh, we began this journey um, calling you to take seriously the second greatest commandment that you'll find in the Bible. We are to love the Lord our God with all of our hearts, minds, and souls. That's what Jesus says is the most important. And to love our actual neighbors as ourselves. The number two, we call it the summary of the law. Uh, on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. And so um, we began to discuss what that looks like for us. And really, you know, you guys helped to raise this vision up at this church. Uh, because we went through that SWOT analysis where we looked at our strengths, weaknesses, and opportunities and threats. And you said that St. Paul wants to make a difference in our communities, that we want to bring the aroma of Christ to our neighborhoods. And so we adopted that as part of our vision. And now is the time we either say, well, that was a nice six-week series. I'm glad we're done with that. Or it was a lovely vision. We're done with that. Or are we going to actually have a plan to do what we said we would do and bring the aroma of Christ to our neighborhoods? Will we love our neighbors as ourselves? I know this seems like a daunting task, but let me tell you, everybody in this church can do something that they're not doing right now to create the aroma of Christ in their neighborhoods. There's a motto for the Daughters of the King that goes like this, and maybe this is our prayer today. It says, I am but one, but I am one. I cannot do everything, but I can do something. What I can do, I ought to do. And what I ought to do, by the grace of God, I will do. Lord, what will you have me do? I want you to embrace that prayer today. Lord, what would you have me do? In a few moments, we're going to hear some personal testimonies of maybe some outside-the-box things that our own parishioners have done in order to bring the aroma of Christ to their neighborhoods. Some of you will have natural obstacles. Uh, time barrier is going to be huge. I, I know personally, I don't have any time to give to my neighborhood, but it's about priorities, right? Um, I want you to hear from one guy who uh, is not letting a newborn infant at home and three other children at home uh, take away from his uh, ability to do something can't do everything, but he can do something. And so, Jennings Smith, would you come up and just tell us a little bit of the simple things that you've been doing in your neighborhood that have promoted the aroma of Christ uh, in your neighborhood? So the other day, my neighbor came up to me and he says, hey, Jennings, let's go camping. Uh, my dad has some property out there in Jedburgh and, you know, he wanted to go camping, let's pack up the kids, the wives, we'll uh, spend the night out there. I was like, yeah, sure. So we packed everything up. My wife did not uh, spend the night out there, but um, we, it, it was a little cold and windy. Good man. This was, this was yeah, a while back. But, uh, but yeah, we had a great time. You know, we got the fire going, cooking some hot dogs and um, hot chocolate, all that. And it led to some, some good conversations. And this guy, you know, he's not, he's not a, a believer at this point. Um, but how do we get to that place where we can have a meaningful conversation or get to know somebody beyond just the surface level and, and maybe impact someone's life for Christ? And I think that it starts with just having a 
purpose, where you have uh, your eyes open to, to opportunities. So how this started was if you rewind a few months prior, I just you know went out to the guy who was washing his boat and I said, hey, you know, what kind of boat is that? When did you get it? What are you, what are you using it for? And he starts talking to me about, about his passion for this boat here. And uh, a couple days later, his kids are playing football in the yard with my kids. And uh, instead of going inside and watching TV, I start throwing the ball back and forth. And then you know, he comes out and starts throwing the ball back and forth. And my wife comes out, his wife comes out, and then some other neighbors are coming there. And I, there's a guy who he loves smoking cigars. <laughs> and uh, every day, like while he's cutting the grass, he's smoking a cigar. <laughs> and like, yeah, what kind of cigars? Like, oh, I buy them off Amazon. You know, I get a pack of thirty. I get them for like four dollars, but they're like eight dollars if you buy them, you know, retail. So I build these relationships with these people just through, you know, stupid stuff. Um, just whatever they're they're doing. Not not this stupid, stupid <laughs> stuff, but uh, you, you hear me. But um, so the point I'm trying to make is. Ask the Lord to open your eyes to the little things that are in your community, your neighbors right around you, to start up those conversations because that's how it's going to open the door and build to a, a meaningful relationship where you could possibly impact somebody's life for Christ, where you know you may have a need for them because the art of neighboring is not just giving, it's, it's receiving. Um, and they may be in an issue where they've got some things going on in their life and, and God is using you as his hands to, to work in that person's life. So look for those opportunities and, and, and possibly leverage them into to meaningful relationships where you can impact your community for, for Christ. Thank you, Jennings. Thank you so much. Um, there, there you've got a busy guy. Uh, has every obstacle, every barrier, every reason to say, well, I'm too busy for this. And yet he's finding little ways to do something. Not trying to do everything, but he is trying to do something. So Leslie and I, and along with the Arntzes and the Bailey family, we got our neighborhood together for a block party about a month ago, and something we had never done and out of our comfort zone, and, and uh, it, it was fabulous. I got to know a young couple that was disconnected from any other friends. Uh, they had moved there two years before and didn't have any friends in Somerville. It was a wonderful experience with them. Um, we met so many great people. In fact, I think I met one of my childhood friends that went to Newington Elementary with me in third, fourth, and fifth grade. Never would have known had we not done a block party, but now we're connected. So Jesus says, if you love those who love you back, what reward do you have? And what he's saying there is, is tax collectors and pagans and uh, you know, crudball people like tax collectors, uh, they're going to love people that they can benefit from, and those people within their comfort zone, their friends and direct family, of course they're going to love somebody who loves them back. But what about you Christians? Will you go the extra mile to that uncomfortable place? And Jesus goes on to say, man, if somebody slaps you on the right side of the cheek, turn your cheek, let them slap you on the left. You know what he's saying? Go the extra mile. You know, everybody else retaliates, but not you Christians. Go the extra mile. He says, if anyone would sue you for your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. Go the extra mile, because you're a Christian. If anyone forces you to go one mile, he says today, walk two miles with them, because you're a Christian. Go the extra mile. If anyone begs from you, be generous. Don't refuse them. Don't refuse the one who borrows from you. Go the extra mile. So Jesus is speaking about Christians who are diligent in the Lord enough to go the extra mile in their neighboring, 
to love those who are outcast, to love those that nobody else would. Will you do this? Will you have a block party, community yard sale? Uh, maybe you're not there yet, but you can do the little things that Jennings is doing. Everybody can become a front yard neighbor. That's simply going from the backyard to the front yard. That's all it takes sometimes. Um, turn the other cheek. Let him slap the other side. Forgive your neighbor. That Christian forgiveness will oftentimes open up a doorway for a deeper neighboring relationship. So to speak on this, I've asked Blair Lord to come up and talk about how forgiveness in her neighbor opened up the doorway for a peace-loving relationship with her neighbor. Come on up, Blair. I'm old school. <laughs> I've heard it said, everyone you see is someone that Jesus thought enough of to die for. Remember that in how you treat others. Mine is a story of forgiveness, something I have struggled with for a long time. This story began on Labor Day weekend in 2018. My oldest son was home from Clemson. He had parked his car in front of our house. At 4.30 a.m., I heard someone knock on our door, speaking in broken English and talking about a Nissan. I immediately called the police. He had hit the back of my son's car so hard after rounding a sharp curve in our street that my son's car ended up in our neighbor's yard two houses down. Their car was also hit. As dawn be was beginning to break, I saw this man sitting in his front yard crying while the police were completing their investigation. At this point, I had two choices. I could pour water on the situation or I could pour gasoline. One is forgiveness and grace. The other is anger and revenge. I had every opportunity and reason to be angry, but I chose the water. I've never in all of my life felt the sense of calm and peace that I felt that morning. I walked over to my neighbor and I offered him my hand. I told him I forgave him and so did my son. C.S. Lewis says to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable in others because God has already forgiven the inexcusable in you. In his tears, he said, thank you. I told him that I was only doing what my God told me to do. Later, I would find out that he was a floor installer and had been working into the morning to help with expenses as he and his wife were expecting a little girl in about a month. 
they had lost their first child, a son, to a miscarriage. Through what could have been a very, very bad situation, God meant it for good, as he usually always does. Now this family have become wonderful friends. My sister-in-law, Melinda, and I had the chance to see baby Isabella and give her a blanket with her initials monogrammed on the corner right after she was born. This October the 5th, she turned one. Her mother, Isabel, and her father, Eli, are wonderful neighbors. The art of neighboring says at the end of the chapter on forgiveness, don't run from adversity. Maybe God wants to use the adversity to make you more like Jesus. I pray that I blessed them that morning, but I can tell you I was probably more blessed than I would, ever would have been had I chosen the gasoline. God doesn't want us to forgive those just like us. Those we love, those in our family, those, although some people in your family you might not care to forgive sometimes. <laughs> um, but he wants us to forgive everybody. Everybody. By the way, do you remember the man that showed up on my porch? My friend Eli. This family, remember he was speaking in broken English. This family is from Brazil, and their first language is Portuguese. Thank you, Blair. What an unlikely neighboring story that is, and uh, thank you both for sharing. Um, how far must I go with neighboring? Jesus talks about going the extra mile, the extra mile, and that is the extra mile, and uh, so thank you for sharing that. Um, there's an online neighboring uh, thing that you can look up after church today called the Turquoise Table. Turquoise Table is this woman who had this picnic table in her backyard, and she felt a calling to do mission work. She thought it was going to be overseas somewhere, but little did she know that it was going to be right in her neighborhood. And God asked her after a dinner party out back to take that picnic table, paint it turquoise, and put it under her tree out front. And she did that. And she just sat out there and said, all right, what, what are you going to do now, God? And uh, she just sat there asking God to, to do what God wanted to do. And suddenly a neighbor stops by and sits with her, and she didn't know this person. And then all of a sudden there's another person and another person. And now she's got the 12 new women friends that she didn't even know before because she put her turquoise table out front and allowed herself to be an out front neighbor, kind of like what Jennings is doing. 
And this woman named Kristen Shell on the turquoise table site said, open up your front door, take three steps out, and let God do the rest. So will you pray about what God would have you do and let him do the rest? You can't do everything, but you can do something. So um, the uh, children, two of our children in our parish who are off at Clemson, Sarah Ann Welsh and Meredith Welsh, they found that website and the story of the turquoise table, and they painted their tea service in their dorm turquoise so that they would begin to serve tea off a turquoise table to other people in their dorm. And it's creating all these relationships and friendships and great conversations, and it's just a lovely thing of winsome, rich, deep relationships being formed. Now, I believe that these movements for neighboring are not going away. I believe that we live in a society whose relationships, for the most part, are an inch deep and a mile wide. We have a thread of social media that seems to bind us together, but not in very deep ways. I think people are yearning. They're longing for authentic relationships and deep community. Will you be a part of that? Remember, that's how Jesus operated. He's walking down the street one day and sees a guy up in the tree and says, Zacchaeus, come on down. Uh, you're going to have supper with me tonight, and I'm going to be at your house. And this beautiful relationship of salvation and friendship began to be established because Jesus invited himself over to his neighbor's house. Will you do the same? You can do something. You can't do everything. So I'll leave you with that prayer once again. What I ought to do, by the grace of God, I will do. Lord, what will you have me do? Let's pray.